0: let's cut through the mainstream financial advice out there this is your quick financial tip from your rich uncle you're around like-minded people and you're you're all it's always good to be in, in a different room especially when you don't like the one that you're in yeah. I love what you talk when you, I love what you say about 401ks and I saw the light on that too. I always knew it, but I just kept feeding it in. Cause it became like automatic caution, anyone to be very leery of putting your money into, into a program, whatever, for lack of a better phrase, where they control how much you can put in, they control what you can invest in, and then they tell you when you can take it out. And then they tell you when you have to take it out. So it's just very limiting and it's all completely one-sided. And I saw the light on that. I'm sure you have plenty of thoughts on the topic, but got completely out of that.
1: Yeah. Go over it pretty concisely in a couple of minutes. uh, Four big issues with the 401k
0: um,
1: type of stuff. Like first, like it's a lot of it has to do with taxes. When I put my money, a lot of the whole dogma is predicated on you will be, You'll get older and you'll shrivel up and die and make less money in the future. And at that point, you'll be in a lower tax bracket. But not me, not most of my investors, they're going to be baller in the future and be in a much higher tax bracket than they are today. Yep. Therefore, you should pay your taxes on the damn thing today, take it out today while you're in a lower tax bracket. Number two, look where this country is going. How are you going to pay for all these government entitlement programs with raised taxes in the future? So, again, pay your taxes now, get it out now. The next biggest thing is, I think the argument for these 401ks is that, oh, it grows tax-free. When you invest in real estate that has a bunch of paper losses, like depreciation, you can write all a bunch of other stuff off. It often is tax-free anyway, so that point is negated. But here's the big kicker. I think we briefly touched upon this, like how most people are playing checkers, putting money in their 401k or Roth IRAs or whatever. And we play chess, right? We're manipulating our adjusted gross income on our personal tax return based on what our investments are. And when you play this chess game instead of checkers, I want the depreciation and losses that come from my investments, where when you're investing, you can invest through a self-directed IRA too. But when you're investing through one of these type of programs or a solo 401k, it's, you don't get the passive losses to flow on your personal tax side. It stays locked up in there. Yeah. And that's the downside to this. It's more about using the losses on the deals and the investment properties from depreciation, which is just paper loss to clean up your pay less taxes today. And you lose that ability when you invest in this insulated 401k or solo 401k. So unless the only good thing it's for is if you're investing in non-tax advantage type of stuff. What's well, non-tax advantage stuff like? Like your crypto things like that, or if you're a private money lender and in, in in a in a real estate, I wouldn't do that anyway. Where you just lend money to a house flipper and there's no losses, you're getting paid with a ten ninety nine. There's no tax advantage with that. That's the stuff you're supposed to do it in those type of stuff. But I don't do anything that's not tax advantage, mm. really. So. Love it.
0: Great share, great insight and uh, something more we can learn at simplepassivecashflow.com. I'm definitely assuming that. And then you have a podcast as as well. Talk a little bit about your show.
1: Yeah, it's basically follow my journey. I started back in 2016 when I was buying little rental properties and I would just teach people how to buy turnkey rentals and yeah. back then we had a little incubator group and now, a lot of the information is for free. You know, If you're just in the game of buying a little turnkey rental, you can go to simplepassetcash.com slash turnkey and get the free guide there. But as I became over an accredited investor, and like I said, at that time, I was going into a lot of larger syndication deals. I saw the light. And for a credit, it's just, it's a no brainer to go into these syndicated deals if you can build relationships and build a community around you or join a community out there. And that was where it transitioned. And it's that's my whole thing is, hey. I know that there's something else out there and that's my job is to cut the corners for a lot of folks, right? If your net worth is a million bucks, you shouldn't dick around with little rental properties, just go to the big stuff, the syndicated deals. But for a lot of my investors that are, are like one to $10 million net worth, what's after, what do you do after when you've got five, $10 million plus, and you can comfortably live off your four or 5% off of that. What are like the, $50 $50 million, $100 million families, the family office is doing, right? Yeah. That's the kind of stuff that I try and learn these days. And I try and bring it down to my folks and just that insight. Cause you want to just it, always be improving as a investor and become a professional investor. Mm-hmm. The trouble is for right, most people are working their day jobs. So they don't really have the time to, and, but the, and the issue is interacting with the right higher level people, higher level investors, getting access to those rooms, which. A lot of people don't have the time for nor the network, but that's been my path to uncovering this myself, but even to implement the strategies for one to $10 million net worth people. I mean, you look at it and it's not that hard. Like I said, invest in good deals, use the passive losses on your taxes, tell your CPA what to do or find a new one, in infinite banking. And it's pretty simple, but it's very counterintuitive to what like they normally tell us right to do.
0: Extremely, great chair, great journey. Love your story. Just before we wrap up, I got a couple of, couple of questions for you. I wanted to ask one, do you, whether it's a morning routine or some habits that you've adopted that you could share with the listeners that have really led to your su- to success or keep you on the path? If you,
1: yeah, I think one thing I do well is I execute. I'm the person who will write down my list of things to do, but I actually do it. And I think that allows you to constantly innovate and constantly improve. I don't know what that. if you improve 1% every day, at the end of the year, you'll be like 20 something times better than what you. I'm not a huge fan of like morning routines. I don't wake up and do yoga. I jump on the emails and put out the fires just like anybody else. I don't wake up super early. Today was a little early for me. I try to wake up around eight. Nice. <laughs> if I can. Yeah. And I think like my whole advice from that is, hey, do it, what works for you guys. Not everybody is the same, but make sure it works for you. And I would say I'm really good at focusing on what the business is. And for a lot of folks listening, it's like your own personal finances. What are you going to do with the investments and taxes? Not what you're doing with your employer. You're building somebody else's dream with that. Yeah. Build yours first. Even if it you're like me and... You're working a day job and sleepwalking through it for a decade. That's to me, that's the most important thing: is get your own stuff it Doesn't take that much time to learn to do what's right and to implement it, especially once what you should be doing. You can sleep sleepwalk through a job. They take they pay for your time and your head, but they don't charge you for your heart. So you you always have those section those few extra hours a day to put to where you are doing. After you play with the kids and you do your family obligations and you're tired, of course. Too many people, they spend so much time, like, over the news or, like, focusing on, like, things that don't matter. What's the same? Most people major in the minor things. Tony Robbins spoke. Lane is not a lawyer CPA, but the dude did quit his engineering job and now owns thousands of rental properties.